Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. We're going to talk about uh, bearing one another's burdens today. Ever read that in Galatians? You know, there's a bond that we have and a connection. You know, we're in the series, Keep It Connected. There's a connection we have with one another that just supports one another. You know, as brothers and sisters, because Jesus loves us, we love each other and we're there for each other. You know, we bear one another's burdens and, uh, you know, it's a stronger allegiance than we can have through our ethnic connections or living in a certain country or even our families. It's certainly stronger than sports allegiances, right? You know, I know what I'm going to be doing this Monday uh, evening, uh, tomorrow evening here in Toronto, because, uh, well, you know, those that have heard Pastor Jonathan in this church family talk about the team that he has been a fan of ever since a boy growing up in New Brunswick, the Montreal Canadiens. How many know there's a, there's a big game tomorrow night? And uh, so how many know what I'm going to be doing at the end of uh, Monday night's uh, hockey game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens? I'm going to be phoning Pastor Jonathan and just, just encouraging him because he's going to be downhearted, you know? How many understand? <laughs> Listen, have you ever looked at that passage in Galatians, though, that says we're to bear one another's burdens, and if you keep reading it, it comes to a point where it's almost as if the Apostle Paul is contradicting himself. See if you can find it. Look at this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Do you see the apparent contradiction? First you hear him say, carry each other's burdens. Later on he says, each one should carry their own load. Which is it, the Apostle Paul? (laughs) Which is it that we do? And, uh, you know, actually the contradicting question is taken care of rather quickly. Paul's not writing in English where we translate, translate these words into meanings that are so similar. He's communicating in the Greek language of his time. He wrote this down in Greek originally. And there were very distinct words. One that referred to the burdens that we carry one for the other. The Greek word was baros. And it means when someone falls down under the load, they have a a failure of faith, they've messed up, and there's this weight of guilt, and, and they are down, and they just feel that they can't go on any further. And then in the second use of the word load or burden, as some translations put it, the, 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 the Greek word is phorion, totally different word than the one earlier. And here it's referring to the individual responsibilities you were designed to carry. Now, the word phorion 
we can be helped by just looking at a couple other ways that it was used in the English, in the Greek world of that time. It was used to describe a cargo ship, a forion ship, okay? In other words, that's what the boat was designed for, to carry that cargo. And, uh, and, and so you wouldn't say, well, let me help you carry that habit. No, no, I'm designed to carry it. You know, maybe a more contemporary illustration could be a backpack. <laughs> it's designed for one person to carry that load, their own load. Have you ever seen two people try to carry the same backpack? Certainly not during COVID, right? Because we have to be three meters away from each other. But there's, there's, there are two different words that are used here. And... Uh, Basically, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that there are some burdens we share with others. We, we're not supposed to carry them alone. We share them with others, carry one another's burdens. Some burdens we share, others we shoulder on our own. It, it's ours to carry. And we're going to see what that really looks like as we get further into the teaching. But let's first of all just look at the five qualifications he gives. Every time you see a verse highlighted here, a phrase or a, a sentence uh, uh, or a word highlighted, you're going to see one of the qualifications that we have when it comes to the, the burdens that we share. The, with one another. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, that's qualification number one. What does that mean? We'll come back to that. Should restore uh, that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill guideline number five, the law of Christ. All right, five guidelines. The first one is a qualification guideline. It says, you who live by the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? You know, a certain, a certain elite group of Christians, you know, one translation says, you who are spiritual. You know, how do, what do I have to be to, to be spiritual, to qualify in that category? But what it's really talking about is not some elitist group of Christians who've reached this level of spirituality, but, but a, a Christian who is mature, listen to me now, mature in that area that they're going to try to help someone else with. Because there's a problem. If we try to help someone in an area that we struggle with, sometimes both people fall. You know, we seek to become involved and instead we become entangled. And so the Apostle Paul is giving us a very precautionary, a very preventative um, guideline here. And it's a qualification, you who are spiritual. Now, how do you know if you're spiritual? Your spiritual maturity is when you, you're secure in yourself, you have enough security in Christ that you can then reach over and help someone else in that area where you have overcome. You know, what's immaturity then? Immaturity when it's all about yourself. You measure people's uh, activities and, and life's events all in how it impacts you, how it affects you. And so if you're an immature driver, you're going down the street and everyone that drives slower than you is an idiot. Anyone that drives faster than you is a speed maniac. You know that? See, it's all about oneself. Maturity means I've got something where I can look outside of myself to help others. You who are 
spiritually mature, help others. What's the objective? Here's the second guideline. The objective is to restore. I love the word that is used for restore in the Greek. It is katarizo. And it's, here's why I like it so much. Because it just helps us see exactly our role when it comes to helping somebody. All right? Here's the objective. Here's what we're trying to do when we, when, we, when we bear someone else's burden. We're trying to restore them to a place where they can carry their burdens. All right? Now, it was used in the Greek world of Paul's time by uh, those who would help someone with a broken bone, a fractured bone. It was used in the medical world. And they would, is talking about restoring, means to hold that fractured bone in its rightful place until it's healed up the way it should be. You know, so you get the idea right there that it's not about just pray over someone and they're healed. You, 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 you're saying, oh God, you know, keep working. May your truth just every day just keep healing and bringing help and restoration to that person. Second way it was used is in the Gospel of Mark when the first disciples who were fishermen were on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and the Bible says they were mending their nets. They were carizoing their nets. They were restoring their nets. So what are they doing? Think about it. They're trying, their nets had been broken and what they're trying to do is get them ready to be used again. And so they're restoring them to a condition where they can be used for what they were designed to do. That's exactly what we do when we help restore someone. The objective is I want to do my part to do everything I can to see you back in a condition where you can do what you were designed to do by God, to restore. And then it also says, third guideline, to do it gently. To do it gently. That's the approach. You know, uh, every one of us know that... (laughs) It's not what we do alone, it's how we do it. You know, to do it gently with respect and valuing that person that we're helping. To care, you know, you've heard the adage, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. To do it caringly, gently. And then the fourth guideline, humility. Having that attitude of humility. Because he says, watch yourself. Why in the world, if I'm trying to help someone else, would I have to watch myself? They're the ones that are being restored. Why would I have to watch myself? Well, for instance, codependency. I've seen that happen so many times where a person just needs to be needed, and so they almost want to keep that person in a needy state so that they'll still need their help. You know, entire uh, religious hierarchies are set up to keep people dependent, whether it's for confession or whatever, when they could go directly to God. Just keep them in that place of dependence. And when it comes to even helping someone, don't forget your objective is to see them restored, standing on their own two feet spiritually, not making them dependent on you again and again and again. No, being there for them until they are restored. What's another uh, reason why we would need to watch ourselves and have humility. Well, it's so easy to look at someone and say, wow, they're struggling with that. That's a weak area for them. Man, I don't struggle with that. I must be spiritually, you know, so much better than they are. And, and pride can get in there. So he says, watch yourself, watch yourself. And then the fifth 
guideline has to do with the resources that we have. We have the law of Christ. I wonder if the Apostle Paul was smiling when he wrote down this guideline. Because if you've ever read Galatians, you know it's all about correcting people who were bringing back in the Old Testament laws into their New Testament Christianity. Jesus had come to fulfill the law and they were trying to go and redo what Jesus had already fulfilled and taken care of. And uh, so, so the Apostle Paul, it, it says, you, you know, it's almost like he's saying, okay, you guys like laws? Let me give you the law. Let me lay down the law here, the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Jesus said, I have one command, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. All right? So you're given what you got, as we saw earlier in this series. And, 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 the, and the Apostle Paul is helping people understand that, you know, when you, when you love people, you'll automatically fulfill all the Old Testament. You'll fulfill the Ten Commandments, for sure. You're not going to lie or steal or, or bring in another God into their lives if you love them because you want God's very best for them. And so he, he says, Here, here's the law. And so we have this resources. Have you ever experienced when you, when you help someone with their stuff, when they're burden, maybe they've fallen under the weight of it, and you, you help them, God, you know, by his spirit comes alongside you and gives you the strength and the words and, and the help and the wisdom that you need to help that other person. Even the love, you can have someone you don't even know when you start to help them. There's just that love of Jesus Christ, the compassion and care of Christ that flows through you to them. And, and, and and it's so easy to, um, to experience the love of Christ when we're loving people that he loves. Last week, I, I uh, said to my wife, I said, I, I can't find my, you know, my favorite T-shirt? Can't find it. And I couldn't find it. And um, she knew exactly which one I was talking about. Someone uh, from our church family had brought back a t-shirt from the West Indies for me. And I had these two brothers, one older, one younger. The older one was carrying the younger one on his back. And I said, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. So I looked on the internet trying to find a, a picture of it. And this is the best that I could find here. Look at this big brother carrying his little brother. You know, it just, it just no, he's not heavy. <laughs> I love him. I'm taking care of him. He's my brother. That's the same thing that happens with brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it also made me think of a picture of, uh, of um, two of my grandsons. Look at this older brother looking back at his younger brother. Just looking back. I'm so proud of him. Just, just wanting the best for him. That's it's just something happens in us when we love someone, when we reach out to restore and to help someone with humility, uh, just something of the love of Christ just flows through us. All right, so, so far we are seeing, the Apostle Paul is saying this, help others without entangling yourself, right? That's where we've been so far. Help others without entangling yourself. Bear others' burdens. And then he gives all those five guidelines as to how to do it. But then he moves on and he says, carry your own responsibilities, but without elevating yourself. You say, where do we see that? Well, in those verses. Just look at what I've highlighted here in these, in these verses of that same Galatians 6. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one 
should carry their own load. You see, some things nobody else can do for you. <laughs> no matter how much they love you or care for you, they cannot carry certain things for you. For instance, no one else can humble themselves for you. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord. You know, no one else can repent for you and say, uh, you know, you can't repent for someone that's died and try and get them into heaven. No, no, it's up to their heart. How did they respond to what they knew of God? No one, no one can repent for you. No one can worship for you. No one can just sort of take their worship and say it's coming for you. No, no one can do that for you. No one can love for you. No one can forgive someone else for you. You have to, there are some things that we can do only by ourselves. What about our attitude? We, no one else can choose our attitude. They can impact us. They can influence. They can encourage us to have the right attitude. But ultimately, we choose our attitude. What does the Bible say? Guard your heart. Guard your own heart. No one else will stand before Christ for you. There are certain things that each one of us has to do on our own. Each one should carry their own load. And listen, we are actually harming people, church family or even our, you know, own physical family. We actually harm people when they reach a level where they should be doing certain things for themselves and we keep doing things for them. We're, we're, we're like forcing them to stay immature in that situation. I don't know how many parents, though, that I've met that are still kicking themselves because of the decisions their kids are making. You know, if only I had been a better parent. And I will say to them, none of us are a perfect parent. Only God, the Heavenly Father, is perfect. But did you love your kids? Did you give them guidance enough to keep them away from some of the things that they're on their own deciding to do? You see, God is not responsible for what Adam and Eve decided to do. Jesus is not responsible for what Judas decided to do. And you're not responsible for your kids. Listen, there comes a time for every parent where we are no longer responsible for our children. We're just responsible to our children. Do you see the distinction there? You see, it comes a time where you just have to say, okay, God, they're making their own decisions now. And I, I, I need to let them mature. I need to let them find their way. I'm no longer responsible for them, but I'm responsible to them to pray for them. And watch this, and to get on with living for Jesus myself. So I'm showing them the way to live for God, even when things could be weighing me down. And so in the church context, Paul is clear about this too, about each one has a contribution to make. Each one should carry their own load. As a matter of fact, now watch this now, we've already talked about there are times that people in our family or church family are going through such a tough time. You know, depression is vicious. They can be going through such a tough time that we bear with them in love and we, we carry them through that time. But there's other times, Paul writes, there were times where people in the church, he says, would try to you know, get on the benevolent list to get free help, even though they were quite capable of having a job. And he says, if it's because of laziness, don't even put them on the benevolent list. Each one should carry their own load. But scripture teaches we do this on a case-by-case -case basis, not on a 
comparison to ourselves based on what we think about that other person, you know? Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves without comparing themselves to someone else, all right? So we carry our responsibilities without elevating ourselves. We can compare ourselves and think, well, I'm better. Be, be careful about that because you don't know what someone else is carrying. You don't know what they're carrying in the luggage compartment of their heart. Um, I hope I learned this lesson, but I remember when I was a volunteer chaplain for the Royal Canadian Mount of Police while I pastored in Ottawa, and I was part of uh, an instruction day, uh, sort of refresher course for the Mounties, and, and, and I was a volunteer chaplain, and I did something on multi-faith. There was another instructor who was full-time with the RCMP who taught them a course he had specialized in on suicide prevention. And, and, and he's teaching it, and I'm thinking, man, the guy doesn't even care about what he's saying. Does he not realize it? It's just like he was a zombie, like he wasn't even really there as he was teaching, the, just going through the material. And I begin to get judgmental in my heart towards him. Don't you understand? You're missing an opportunity to help people help people here. Until there was a Mountie that was there that day from my church that said, you know that, um, that, that instructor that was teaching us about uh, suicide prevention, his own son committed suicide and it wasn't that long ago. He said he didn't even see the signs in his own household. And my heart so went out to that, to that instructor. I just, now I understood what he was carrying, I couldn't imagine even getting up there and speaking on that if it had been me in my situation. Henry Longfellow said, if we could read the secret history of even our enemies, we should find in each man's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. I'm sure you've seen that happen yourself where you started to maybe judge someone or think, why are they that way? Why can't, why are they the way they are? Why can't they just get their life together in that area? And then you get talking to them and you hear their story and you say, oh God, oh God, you know, who knows what I'd be like had I been through what they have been through. We don't know the burden that someone else is carrying in the luggage compartment of their lives. And secondly, we, we, we don't know where someone else is weak. You see, we, we can think, well, come on, that's easy for me. It should be easy for you. <laughs> but then watch it because we can be weak in another area that other people are strong in and they say, what's, what's, what's your problem? <laughs> and so I, this came to me at membership class. Pastor Dennis is going to talk about people that are coming into membership and taking that responsibility in this church family later on. But um, I remember being in this membership class and uh, I was talking about, you know, we all uh, partner together with generous giving. Look what we can do around the world and here in our city. And here's the ministries of our church for all the generations. And here's, and, and it's fine, here's how it's financed. And I used the word tithe. And someone said, what does tithe mean? I said, it means taking a tenth of your income and investing it in, in, in this mission that we're talking about. 
And, uh, and she said, really, a tenth? And it was just new to her. And she was just responding honestly and spontaneously. And there was another lady, before I could go any further, she said, she said oh, tithing. She said, such a blessing. Just trust God and he will bless you. And I tried to just sort of, you know, but anyway, came to the end of the class and, and Pastor John, Jan on our staff was telling them about, you know, how it will look from here as you receive publicly into membership and you'll, you'll stand in one of the physical gatherings and, uh, you know, people will just uh, recognize you're being received. And, and this lady who had just corrected sort of this other woman about, you know, just trust the Lord with tithing. He'll bless you for it. She said, go up, stand up in front of everybody in, in the public gathering. Oh, I can't do that. I was so tempted to just sort of say, oh, it's easy. Just trust the Lord. He'll bless you for it. But, but I didn't. But how many know what I'm saying? That some things that are tough for one person in the church family are easy for someone else. Some things that are easy are tough for someone else. And so we, we need to make sure that we handle them in such a way that we, we you know, because there are people, they get overloaded. They get stressed out about stuff that we don't, but we get stressed out about stuff that they don't. And so we, we, we bear with those who are weak. That's what the, the New Testament teaches. Let the strong, if you're strong in that area, you have a responsibility to help with humility and with gentleness, all those ways, those who, who are weak. So in other words, so far we've seen there's some things that you're going to face in life that you, you, you shoulder. Each carry their own weight. Other things we share, we carry one another's burden. Some you shoulder, some you share. Look at it, what else is being taught here. Let someone help carry you when you are hit or weak. Do you know who needs to listen to me right now? <laughs> How many of you, you're all right with giving and helping someone else, but it's tough for you to receive help from somebody. It's tough for you to receive. You know, what did you two sing in one of their songs, sometimes you can't make it on your own. There, you're going to face times in your life where you need to have this provision that Scripture makes for you in the church family where you let someone else carry the burden for you. Sometimes your cargo ship <laughs> gets too much weight to carry on your own. And we don't want to see you capsize. Sometimes uh, your, your backpack, you're trying to fit more into it than what it was designed to carry. And th those are times where, where we, we, we need to carry one another's burdens. Now, listen, if you've um, been here in our physical gatherings, if you've been part of One Church to you before uh, COVID, you, you, you likely were part of one of our physical gatherings. And at the end of them, so often we'd have a prayer team come to the front and you could come and, and just tell them a bit of what you were carrying, the burden that you had, and they would pray with you and they would help lift that burden. Do you know that you can still do that in this online gathering? Pastor Dennis referred to it every week they do. There's a, one that says prayer request. Listen, I don't know what you're carrying, but God didn't design you to carry that alone. He provided in the church family others to come alongside you during these times to help lift you up. I'm, I'm going to pray with you in just a few moments, but there's a way that you can just say, I request prayer, and, and someone from our staff or one of our pastors, one of our team, We'll take a moment right now to privately pray together with you. Some of you in the community groups are going to be able to pray 
together about what you're carrying even this week after discussing this passage. You know, I uh, remember when I was brand new as pastor here at Agent Court Church that's become One Church T.O., and, uh, you know, we were making changes, obviously, and building on such a wonderful past with Pastor Mulligan. But I began to get letters. I remember some of them were just funny. Some, some, one said, ever since you became pastor, we began to clap on the offbeat, you know? And I'm thinking, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? But yeah, some were like that, but then others, you know, just had that edge to them, a bit of a knife to them. And they, I remember one, it was sent to not just myself, but to all of the, the deacon board, the board of governance of our church. And, and it basically was saying, why can't you be more like your predecessor, Pastor Mulligan? Why can't you be, you know, it was just that he did this, why can't you do that? That was sort of the, the, the main part of it. And when we went to the deacon board meeting, the deacon board were so, caring and sensitive and say, oh, Pastor, Pastor Mulligan made changes that helped us reach more people. You're making changes. We're totally supportive. But you know what stood out? At the end of the board meeting, when I was back in my office and putting away stuff and just processing all that had happened in the meeting, uh, two deacons had met in the parking lot and they said, you know, let's go back in and talk to our pastor. And they came in and they sat down. I just remember one of them said, Pastor, we, we were going to go home, but then we realized no one should have to go home <laughs> carrying this alone. We want you to know that we're carrying this with you. And obviously that's what over 25 or so years ago. And I remember it to this day just because they lifted my load. They just lifted my heart at a time where it just was so meaningful. We want to do that for you in our prayer time today. But watch this. Here's what I believe the Apostle Paul is saying. You see, remember, uh, he's carrying him. He, he, he loves his brother. He's carrying him. But, you know, a few moments before, this guy that's being carried was likely carrying his own gear, right? He had been trained for it. This is what he was designed for. He's carrying his own load. But then something happened. He got hit. He has fallen. He needs help. And now someone else is carrying him to a place of healing and restoration. That's what we're to do as Christians. Yeah, we, we're carrying our own load. Some things no one else can carry for us. But there are times when we get hit or we fall or we fail or there's the trials of life, the burdens just become too much for us to carry. Thank God we have those brothers and sisters who with the love of Christ will help carry us. Can we just pray for you right now that are carrying something that is way too heavy for you to be carrying? Lord Jesus, you know the one. Through this whole COVID thing, they're, they're, maybe they're carrying their kids and their parents and their family. They just got too much of a load to carry. Maybe it's in the financial or job or employment arena and it's just getting to be too much for them, Lord. Maybe it's a personal thing, Lord. They're just struggling and, and, and maybe they've failed and they've fallen. I pray that you would come alongside by your Holy Spirit right now. And I pray that every person in my church family who knows what it is to have you over, help them overcome, that they would just be praying with me right now for those in my church family 
who just needs the hand of Jesus to reach down and lift them up from where they have fallen. Jesus, strengthen their hearts. Help them know that you are with them. Help them know that you will never give them too much to carry. And one of the ways you're going to help them is through us praying for them right now, Lord. Oh, Lord, just lift them up, oh God. You know that one that especially needs that carrying right now. We carry their burden with them, just like you carry ours, Lord. And thank you for helping each one of them right now as they, as they turn to you with trust and take a hold of your outreached hand, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And church, let's get better and better at carrying one another's burdens. Love you, church. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.